Welcome to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. This week we're going to talk about something that is part and parcel of who I am. As an adult, as a child, it has run across every part of my being, my struggle with ADHD. Now, for all those that know me, you know that I'm a quirky kind of guy, but as a kid, as a kid, I didn't understand the power of my ADHD, the beauty of my ADHD, and that's what I'm going to share with you. For all those who are struggling with ADHD or ADD, I'm, this is a supportive podcast. This is going to be for you. I'm going to tell you what it's like and share some insight to all those in your family who might not understand what you're going through, but there is hope, there's success, there's possibilities, there's potential, and it's not something that can hold you back, but can embrace, if you embrace it the right way, can shoot you farther than you ever knew. Now, I was 10 weeks premature. That's right. I am six foot two, over 200 and something pounds. Not going to tell you the exact number. A little embarrassed, but I'm a big guy. I was 10 weeks premature. I think my parents told me that I was the size of a soda can. Two pounds, something ounces. They had to feed me through tubes. I was in a NICU for seven weeks. Seven weeks. My parents had no idea what physical issues I was going to have or mental issues I was going to have once I grew up. They believe that maybe my GI issues right now are because of that. There's no proof, but who knows? They, they were unaware. They were so frightened and worried about, will I live? Because it was in the 90s. Premature babies didn't have the same success rate as they do right now in the year 2020. What was I going to be like? Was I going to be able to have a normal life? And thank God I grew. I grew fast. I became healthy. Yeah, I had glasses since I was six months old. A lot of cute pictures if you want to see them. But it wasn't easy. I remember from a young age being being different. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I, there was something that was just not the same as other kids. I was emotional. I was very perceptive, very creative, and really all over the place. A little wild, but not in a bad way. I wasn't mischievous. I wasn't like hurting people or, or, or being bad. I was just very curious, searching for the why. So if I saw something, I didn't know how to, how to, how it worked. I would open it up and break it just to see what was inside. My parents would hate that because I would break everything in the house. Um, there was a story where I saw a wire underneath a desk and I thought, what would happen if I cut it? And I did. Um, found out later it was the power cord to the computer and I could have died and thank God I didn't. And I blamed it on someone else. But stories like that happen all the time from a young age, young age. I, I wanted to know what my mama's makeup was like. So I took it and drew it all over myself, the lipstick and pumped moisturizer into the carpet to see how it would feel. And I, uh, took the lipstick, rolled it all over my body and rolled down the white stairs and ruined the carpet. Why? I was curious. I was interested. It wasn't because I was trying to be bad or mean. It was just me. And I have to give it to my parents because um, my one-year-old child is, is curious and I am not looking forward to some of having those stories because that was difficult for my parents. And my other, my brother, 
was a perfect child. Quiet, introvert. You can let him play by himself for hours and you wouldn't wouldn't say anything. So much so that if he was in the crib and he asked to come out, my mom would say, no, stay in there a little bit. And he would say, okay. If you asked me, I would say, screw this. I would jump out of the crib. I had no patience. So following that child to me, and it was six years apart, was a big adjustment for my parents. And because of my energy and my excitement and my quote unquote social skills, I actually just found out that I skipped a grade from from nursery to kindergarten, not because I was smarter than everyone else. That would be nice to hear. But because I was too social, I was interrupting everything. They couldn't handle me in my class. And they thought if I was in kindergarten with more advanced social skills kids, that I, I could do better. I could be more successful. And it actually was hard for me. My mom just told me recently that I came home from my first day in kindergarten and said, Mom, my brain hurts. I wasn't ready for it, but socially they had to do something for me. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. Now, for all those who struggle with ADHD, if you're listening and you have a child who struggles with ADHD or you struggle with ADHD yourself, there's always this conversation about medication, no medication. And as a therapist, I work with people in the clinic all the time. A lot of kids with ADHD. I'm not getting into if that's a valid diagnosis, if it's a medication push, but just the reality is this is not me pushing any medication. You should always ask the question as a family, is this right for my child? Do I think this will help? And it never hurts to ask a professional, myself, a psychiatrist who actually gives medication about the side effects and what it truly means to be on medication, because there are a lot of myths about medication and ADHD a lot of bad myths and rumors out there about what it truly means and what it could do for you. Now, at the time, my parents felt it was important for me to get assessed by a psychiatrist because they had no idea what to do for me. And I met this wonderful psychiatrist who at the time put me on medication, and it really helped. It really did. But it's not that I didn't have any struggles with my ADHD because even though I was calmer, I still had issues with my emotional regulation, which means dealing with my emotions and expressing them in a healthy way. And I actually had a really hard time with social cues. I struggle with reading the room, reading conversations. I would interrupt adults all the time to the point where my parents had to make like a little game with me, where if my mom touched her nose or pulled her ear, or my dad did it, that it meant stop talking or interrupting or calm down, take a breath, take a walk. I don't remember exactly what it was, but back then that's what it was like. And because I was so naive and just wanted to have friends and, and, and connect with others, I was so extroverted and I just wanted to be around people. The kids would take advantage of me. I was severely bullied as a kid. I was different. I didn't look any different. I just acted different. And it was hard. A lot of crying coming home, a lot of painful days and nights to the point where I was nervous to go to school and would quote unquote have headaches and stomach aches. Not because I had any disease, but because I was anxious about school and what would happen. 
And my parents actually pulled me from a school that I was going to at the time. Nothing that, not that anything was wrong with the school, but I needed a smaller setting. And that moment when I went to the school called Hartora, I'm not sponsored by them, not plugged by them. I just believe in them and the principal at the time. Still is the principal. Love him to pieces. One of my best friend's fathers. It was a change that needed to happen. It was a small school with the attention I needed. And little by little, I made friends. People who liked me for my quirky personality, my creativity, my energy, my fun-loving spirit. Doesn't mean that people didn't take advantage of me. People hurt me just as much, but the school was smaller, so I got attention from teachers to teach me good behavior and bad behavior. My parents were so patient. You know, I was an active child. And being active... I must have broken so many bones. I think to count, it's about 25 broken bones. Fingers included, fingers and toes included. For the stupidest things. Falling off a couch and landing the wrong way. Running, playing sports in someone's backyard and twisting my ankle wrong. The funniest one, by the way, was I was playing tag in in the schoolyard and I fell and a heavier set kid ran over my arm and snapped my wrist. That was a fun time. Fun time. Had his imprint in my wrist for a day. I couldn't believe it. But I was really active and all over the place. And the patience of my parents, I, I can never for, you know, forget that. And I, I can't thank them enough for not killing me uh, because I must have been really difficult to deal with. But all that being said, it was a small school finding a niche for myself, finding a group of people that liked me for who I was and didn't use me for who I was. I had kids because all I wanted to do was make friends, would take advantage and say, I'll be your friend if you do my homework. I'll be your friend if, I'll be your friend if. They were never my friends. They were never my friends. All they wanted to do was use my naivety or naivete to their advantage. It was hard when I actually realized, because I never realized, I didn't pick up on the social cues. I couldn't pick up body language vocal tones, facial expressions. I just assumed everyone was nice. It was hard. But it took a lot of hard lessons to learn who to trust and how to trust people. And when I was in the school of Hartora, when I was in eighth grade, I was deciding what to do. Should I go to the big school that has a lot of tracks and could give me attention or the small school that had more of a quirky vibe to it? And I went with the quirky vibe because that's what I needed. I found my home. I found my voice. I found who I was. But still day in, day out, I was worried that people will figure out who I truly was, would would see me for, for who I was, that I might not be able to hold it together enough, that I might not be able to fake it till I make it. And my true self might come out and people might not like me. So I pretended a lot. I wasn't myself that much. But thank God, my best friend growing up since third grade lived around the corner from me. I would go to his house all the time every weekend. He would either come to mine or I would go to him. I still call his parents on Father's Day and Mother's Day just because I love them so much. Our parents are very close. He was my rock. Now, I'm not going to say his name just to not embarrass him, but he knows who I'm talking about because I know he's listening. He was my rock throughout everything. For one reason and one reason only, only, 
he was just as quirky as me. I needed that. He understood me, I understood him, and he, I would not be the person I am without him. The confidence of having a friend, always and forever. When you go through ADHD or any mental health issue, one of the hardest things that I've seen as a therapist and someone who has gone through my own stuff is the idea of loneliness and being misunderstood and an outsider. Something's wrong with you. And I felt like that throughout going to therapy, throughout the medication, that something, I was crazy, something was off. I was not a quote unquote normal person. By the way, you're going to learn very quickly, I hate that word normal because no one's normal. One of my favorite lines, one of my favorite quotes is in Alice in Wonderland when the Cheshire Cat says, we're all crazy here. Of course, the quote's a lot longer, but you should read Alice in Wonderland. It's a, be- it's a beautiful book. A lot, of, a lot of depth to that book, one of my favorites. But he says, we're all crazy here because that's the truth. We all have something in our lives that make us unique, that make us Make us us, which is the beautiful part of the world, of humanity. We all have our little things. What makes us tick? What makes us talk? Our little nooks and crannies that makes us us. And we don't always like those little things, but the only way to get through life is to embrace them, to bring life to them, to bring power to them. Because in each negative attribute that you have, there is something positive that you can take out of it. And without that friend, I would have felt very alone. But I knew I always had him. And he was always there for me. I love him dearly. And he knows that. I tell it to him all the time. Now, when I went to high school, he was also there, which made it that much better. We were on the hockey team together. And we were both bench warmers. Let's be honest. I was on ADHD medication. I was severely underweight. Tall, skinny, lanky, playing hockey. I was never going to play because I would have been pushed around and knocked over. And I was playing defense. What was wrong with me? I should have played basketball. But I found a place for myself. I found friends that are still my friends today. When you find your community, when you find a sense of belonging, Nothing else really matters because you know you have someone. You know you have something no matter who you are and what you do. And that's when I started dropping my guard a little bit and becoming more of myself, embracing who I was as a person and all my faults and all my weaknesses and all my strengths and power. But I didn't truly understand what having ADHD meant and the beauty of of what it can do for me until I studied abroad in a yeshiva called Shalavim. Now, In the Jewish circles, in the religious Orthodox Jewish circles, it's a big custom to go study abroad for a year in Israel to kind of work on yourself, learn about who you are as an independent individual, and and learn your heritage, your culture, the Bible, the Torah, the Talmud, all those things to kind of search and find what you're made of and who you are. And I did that. I was able to find out who I was. And it was a beautiful experience. People embraced my energy, my excitement, the high fives, the hugs, the the emotion, 
the love. But not, not everyone did. Most people did. But a few people didn't. I was called retarded. I remember I was on a trip and I was really excited about the trip. I was really excited about the trip. And I was I had so much energy and so much happiness and so much I was screaming, woo, getting really excited. And someone looked at me and said, dude, is something wrong with you? Do you have problems? I remember getting back from that trip that day. And all those negative feelings from all my childhood and everything that was going on, feeling alone, feeling like something was wrong with me, that, that I couldn't be myself, crushed me. I was, I was in bed for two days. Didn't go to sheer. I didn't go to classes. Didn't talk to people. I hid. This guy has no idea who he is. And the impact he had on my life. He shook me to my core because I defined myself by my loving energy. I defined myself by my, my happiness, my joy. That part of the ADHD, that emotion, that raw emotion and energy that was who I was. And he questioned and made me question everything about myself. Maybe something is wrong with me. I was older. I thought I had it together. I thought I knew who I was. Oh, so wrong. I was so wrong. And it took a lot of deep soul searching to find out and figure out this one line. Screw him. Why should I define myself by someone else's view? Maybe he's upset that he can't be that happy. Maybe he's upset that he doesn't have that loving energy or that joy of life that I do. And it was a switch that turned on that will never go off. I'm going to say that again. A switch was turned on that will never go off because I found myself during that week. Now, I had to learn the balance of when and how to utilize that power of energy and joy and excitement and happiness and connection and that extroverted power. It couldn't be every day, all day. It had to be in the right timing was everything for this. But I had it. And I wasn't going to let other people push me around to find me and put me in a box of being crazy or weird or off because there was nothing wrong with me. I was beautiful the way I was and am. And throughout college, I got involved in organizations called NCSY, where I utilized this power of joy and happiness to impact and motivate teenagers to find their heritage and culture of Judaism, what it truly means and the beauty of life. Until this day, till this day, I will never forget those defining moments of my life where I sat down and realized this is who I am. So what if someone doesn't like me? So what if they don't like my energy? So what if they don't like my joy? And of all the things that I can bring into this world, those are beautiful things. So screw them. Because in the end, we all have power in us. And my power was people. My power was social ability. My power was connecting to others and bringing life into this world. My Hebrew name, like I said in the second episode, is Eli Natan Chaim, which means God gave life. I bring life. And I'm not going to turn back. And all those years of beating myself up 
And I'm speaking to you right now for all those who are doing that right now. If you are beating yourself up and hating on yourself, don't give up. Because the one thing I learned was that there is a moment in time where you realize that there is power within you, that you are created for something greater than yourself, that there is something beautiful within you to share with the world. You might not know it now, and you might not know it tomorrow, but you will get to know it. It will come to fruition. Friends joke that if you put a face on a wall, I could talk to that wall for hours, and that is true. And that is wonderful because that's a power. I can talk to anyone in a room. I'm not going to shy away of my powers. I wear my ADHD cape with pride. Now, honestly, over the years, I've stopped taking medication. I've learned to utilize the ups and downs of ADHD, the moments of hyper-focused feelings and patterns and behaviors, and the scattered mind. Some days I can do 12 things at once, and some days I can barely get one done. It doesn't make me any less more successful, productive, but that creative mind that I have, that constant running and going and working, is something that I thank God every day for and not cry about and don't beat myself up about like I did when I was a kid. The truth of the matter is, is that we all have this kind of story. We all have that something that people made fun of or defined us by or put us in a box of weird, off, different. Who are them to decide that? You are the only person who has the right to define how you define yourself. You are the only person who can and will be you. They can't. They never will be. They might want to be. They might be a hater because they want what you have. Or they don't understand who you are. But in the end, you are you and they are not. So they're nobody to defining who you are. So if you're struggling or your kid is struggling with ADHD, don't give up. Don't think you have to fix yourself or fix your child. It is not a problem that needs to be fixed or taken away, but learn how to utilize the power. Utilize the strengths that you have within you because you were created for that reason. You were created with something people, some people would die for. Don't ever let others define you. Don't ever let others make you feel bad about yourself. Don't ever let others tell you how you need to live your life. If you're living life to the fullest and the best way you possibly can with all its glory and find people that embrace you and love you for who you are, that best friend, that group of quirky people who will be there for you in your hardest times, but will love you no matter what and will be there to embrace you when you need it most. All my love to all those struggling with ADHD. It is a real struggle. I see you. I hear you. I, I, I was there where you were, and I am there right now some days. I am not perfect by any means. But 
I've come to a realization that that's okay. And I've come to the realization that this is something special. So put on your super suit, wear that cape proud, and don't let anyone else take away your shine and your beauty. Don't forget to love yourself, love others around you, be kind to those in your circle, and be kind to yourself. See you next time. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week, even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thedudetherapist. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it because that's what makes this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week. And see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast, because we've got more guests and more great content coming your way.